0: Welcome to my studio. I am Cole McCallum, the aspiring architect, and this is RPG Blueprints. Welcome back to RPG Blueprints. Um, Today we're going to be doing something again a little bit different. uh, Something that's different today. I'm actually by myself and because of that I thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about solo games. Um, This is also really good coming off from what we did last month with Livy, uh, talking about supplementary games, because solo games are something that you could either use as a uh, supplementary game and uh, further enhance what's going on, either talking about side stories, like side characters, or further developing um, your, your player character's story. Something that's kind of cool, I had this idea to do uh, solo games this month, and two of my favorite podcasts, Big Gay Nerds and um, Character Creation Cast, uh, they both had um, very uh, complimentary episodes to my idea at the beginning of the month, and so it got me thinking, oh, uh, I could use this together, so... Um, this month character creation cast they did a series on uh, marvel superheroes which is a game from the 80s um and uh it's a little notorious for being like really granular like you roll for everything but um it's got a really great um breadth of powers when you're making superheroes Uh, so it's fun to, to make a character and I can't speak on what it's like to actually play the game. Um, but I can say it's a lot of fun to make a character in the system and big gay nerds did, uh, episodes on C issue X, which is, is a game by Chris Longhurst, um, who has made some other really great games, uh, including bleak spirit, uh, and also pig smoke, which I'm actually a big fan of. Um, so X is really cool because it's, um, it's a journaling game, perfect for solo play. Um, although you can, uh, be collaborative with it as well. It's got specific rules for doing that, but it's about developing a backstory and just developing a story for, uh, superhero type characters. So the fact that these both sort of came out at the beginning of this month, it really got me thinking, Oh, that's, that's perfect I can take both of these and that's what uh, I'll talk about um, for this first uh, solo spotlight so that's what I did Um, I actually uh, made two different characters in in Marvel superheroes the first one was just to get a feel for the system and how to make a character and then the second one is the one that I'm actually gonna be talking about today so, uh, like I said, um, so Marvel superheroes is a D 100 system. Um, you've got really crazy gaps in power. Like you can be on like the absolute nothing end, which in, uh, Marvel superheroes, if you're really low, you're considered a feeble, like they, they have ranks of power Uh, That's how it works, and it works on a chart system. So if you're really weak, you're feeble. You're not even poor. You're not even typical. You're feeble. And on the high end, you have stuff like amazing, monstrous, unearthly, and then the highest is beyond. So um, you start off by uh, determining your origin, which uh, if you're familiar with uh, the Marvel uh, Universe you've got stuff like you know regular humans that just use tech um or or you have stuff like uh mutants like the X-Men or uh deities um so you you have all different types of characters that you can generate and then you go into rolling your primary abilities which are like your stats in D&D which they map almost one to one you've got strength just like you do in D&D Instead of dexterity, you've got agility. Instead of constitution, you have endurance. Um, Instead of intelligence, you have reason. Instead of wisdom, you have intuition. And uh, instead of charisma, you have psyche. So there's like a little bit of difference um, between, um, uh, especially, uh, charisma and psyche that's a little bit different but it's more or less uh what it's used for and then there is a seventh um uh ability which is fighting which i think is kind of cool to differentiate strength and fighting because even if you're not strong you can still be really good at fighting right like if you if you know what you're doing uh in martial arts you don't have to be the strongest uh to defeat your opponent so i think that's kind of a a cool part of the system uh so oh something I should mention is that um all of the books for Marvel superheroes uh they they've made f- fully available online like you can just uh search it and like legally they're they're up there uh for download and you can you, you could run a game tomorrow if you wanted to um uh so I think that's that's something really cool I just wanted to mention in addition to the core rule books they've got a lot of these supplementary books that that add and expand um what you can do in the game so for example they've got uh the weapons locker book which is just about well pretty much what it sounds like it's about um arming your your characters with like crazy guns and mech suits and stuff um it's got the manual of magic which (laughs) i ended up dipping into i didn't think i was going to but um it's got this cool section on not only uh, crazy magic powers, but also uh, determining some magic items. So uh, that's that's something that you might want to check out. Uh, and then there's also the Ultimate Powers book, which is, again, the main reason why I decided to create a character in this, because um, the number of different powers, uh, especially on on D100 charts, like it's just insane uh the different kind of characters you can create and something i love about rolling on these tables which probably said a hundred times uh it's just like you you're given these results and it's up to you to like link them together but i find more often than not there's always like there's always something there's always some thread and, and it'll create uh a unique character that you wouldn't have come up with on your own. So yeah, I was pretty happy with how, how both these characters uh, turned out. So um, for my second character that I'm going to be talking more about today, um, I rolled up a deity um, whose origin was biological exposure. So that kind of got me thinking (laughs) a little, a little strange. Um, The stats are, not really important because, um, CU Shoe Wax, being a journaling game, it's much more, it's a narrative game. So those stats don't specifically, uh, matter too much. Um, it's just good to know that his two highest, uh, stats are his endurance and his intuition. So, um, that's kind of uh, uh, interesting uh, as far as like how that informs the character his reason n- the lowest but his intuition the highest uh, that's fun for a character one thing that gets you to roll on is a weakness which is always great because you know you don't want a, a perfect hero that has no flaws you those flaws um, open up uh, really good moments like for example even Superman who, Pretty much has no weakness. Is weak to kryptonite, so that uh, that opens up those stories of you know how is he gonna over like this perfect person that that is powerful in every other situation. How is he gonna um, how is he gonna overcome uh, something he hasn't experienced before, like like a, lot, a loss of powers or or whatever, which is very similar to to what uh, I end up rolling up for this character. Um, so. He has an energy allergy, as they call it. Um, I chose electrical for reasons that we'll get to. Um, what happens when he's exposed to electrical energy is power negation. And it the duration is continuous with contact. So as long as he's exposed to electrical energy, like large quantities, obviously... Uh, he yeah so when he's exposed to that electrical energy he can't use his powers so that's that's interesting that can create some interesting situations it's not something i necessarily touched on uh when i was playing issue x um uh because it was much more about the the start of his powers and you know him finding himself rather than uh you know those those really big uh climactic battles where all the drama of him losing his powers would, would make sense um After weakness comes the powers themselves, the the main attraction. Uh, So I rolled some pretty interesting ones, and I did break the rules slightly uh, at the end. Um, So uh, his first power is carrier wave, which uh, described in the book, basically you can ride the wave of some sort of energy. So you'll turn uh, some type of energy into a um into flight so we'll come back to uh the type of energy that i picked the next power that i rolled was disintegration which is basically just you take matter and then you turn it into pure energy and again you choose a type of energy uh which we'll come back to in a second uh the third power was self-sustenance which is um basically you don't need to eat you don't need to sleep uh you're good on your own which like makes perfect sense uh i roll i'm rolling for a deity so uh yeah why why would a god need to eat or whatever so that worked out really well uh the fourth uh power was molding which i really like this with disintegration um because it's kind of like two sides of a similar coin so with disintegration, you take matter and you turn it into pure energy. And with molding, you take matter and you reshape it into whatever you need it to be. So in the book, uh, it says that what you mold it into, you can even uh, make it animated. Uh, if it's Even if it's not normally able to be uh, animated, like if it's inanimate, uh, you can continually remold it, which I think is uh, a cool little touch. The last thing that I rolled uh was a bit of a curveball just with the rest of these powers Uh, i i was thinking okay well you know we've got some some sort of uh cohesion here you know the disintegration molding um two sides of the same coin thing uh the way disintegration gives energy or creates energy and then i and then carrier wave uses energy to create flight and then the fifth thing i rolled was hyper swimming So then I was thinking, okay, well, I've got to be aquatic in some, like, in some way, for some reason, really good at swimming. So let's see what that's about. Um, And what I referenced earlier about uh, going off script, like, like saying no to the rules, was that uh, some of the powers uh, give you automatic powers, but they take, like, a slot that... um, that you have for example like the reason why i rolled five is like a combination of being a deity and then rolling so many powers like you i could have rolled i think the highest is like 13 or 15 powers um but um the, uh i didn't roll that high so a pretty modest amount in comparison um but the thing is is that i did i was only supposed to have five uh powers but I said, well, I'm not getting rid of one of the other four because I'm already attached to this idea. Whatever. It's all make believe it's I'm not even playing in the system (laughs) Um, because I also got water freedom. Uh, So not only is he very good at swimming, but he basically this character uh, swims, ignoring water resistance. So just like shoots through the water like nothing. So great. Uh, I'm thinking, what kind of what kind of energy um, do like aquatic animals uh, use? And then I was thinking, sonar, like sonic energy, like like some sort of dolphin or something, because dolphins and humans, not that they're related, but you know they're they're supposed to be smart like us as far as aquatic life goes so that's pretty cool um so that's that's what i went with for both uh, disintegration and carrier wave so disintegration destroying things creating sonic energy carrier wave harnessing that sonic energy for flight uh and yeah so i've got some sort of aquatic sound god and so this aquatic sound god um the origin is biological exposure. So then I'm thinking, okay, so this is going to be a character that was human and through some sort of, uh, event sort of awakened the godhood. Like, so what, what can I do with that? Well, let, let's figure it out. So, so taking, uh, taking this Marvel superheroes character into C issue X, um, Let's talk about CSUX issue a little bit. So it's uh it's like I said a narrative uh a narrative game. Um, one thing that I really like about it is I love uh games that um, use decks of cards. Um, I think especially if you uh, are very familiar with Dungeons and Dragons and that style of game, you're used to playing these uh, role playing games with with dice and i think that's a very normal thing to think of but um i just i just love um anything that uses something different like tarot cards or playing cards i think that's very cool and um you're actually supposed to be writing on these cards uh and then eventually this deck becomes sort of a representation of not only your character but their whole story their journey um the people and places uh that are important to them so um yeah i just i think it's uh, a fantastic game um for for that alone Uh, it's uh it's very cool that that now i can look through um what i had played with and, and sort of um i have all of these um these memories about this this character that uh i came up with over the course of only only like two real sessions sitting down to to create them so that that's awesome again i'm not going to go into uh deep deep details about um how to play these games because um that's not really the point of this episode this the point of this episode is more to just show how even when you know Everyone cancels, and your your D anD D group can't get together, or you know, um, or you have some break time that's pre scheduled. Um, you you can still there are still games uh, to play um, all by yourself, and uh, if you are anything like me, um, you are gonna have uh, just as much fun uh, creating these characters and and uh, seeing where their stories take them. Even if I'm not going to go into super detail, I just want to point out that uh, one of the things that CSUX does that that's very cool is uh, each of the suits um, means something different. So um, the heart, the hearts are important people, whether that's your sidekick or your mentor or. Um, a non super loved one, or even, even your rivals and your, your villains. Diamonds are values, virtues. Um, I wrote the first lesson that, that he learned from, uh, his first villain showdown, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, clubs, uh, which I think is very clever. Clubs are places. Um, so maybe it's a nightclub. Maybe it's your superhero hideout. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's all represented by clubs. And finally, the spades are superhero stuff. So it's either something sort of tangible, like your gadgets and that, that kind of stuff, or it's stuff like your, your powers, um, themes, the superhero symbol that is uh projected into the sky to call you you know uh just all sorts of things that represent um your superheroing specifically so yeah so uh you start off with uh, the origin story um which has to be played solo i i did mention that you could play this game uh with multiple people but um the origin you have to go through uh on your own for your character which makes sense and uh here's uh here's something funny is that the very first thing it says the basics what is your hero's real name and then i stopped and i said oh i don't i don't have a name yet <laughs> i'm this far into it and i haven't even thought about a name um so after figuring out that i wanted to have this aquatic character in san francisco um i i did uh, rolling on some uh, against population uh demographics uh and all that and i came away with a uh chinese american man uh named kelvin uh born in uh 1983 so the origin is somewhere around year 2000 a little after like mid 2000s um and that's where this takes place um so you start off and you're given a couple uh questions and i'm just gonna sort of uh go through some of the answers to these questions and then you're gonna see how it, it all comes together when i actually write about it so um They, the first one is asking about my superpowers, which. Coming from Marvel's superheroes, I didn't have to do anything new. I just wrote down the sonic wave riding, the disintegration, self-sustenance, molding, and hyper-swimming. And it was all right there. Didn't have to think about it. And all of the... um, It's asking about limitations, and that's also, like, weakness. Weakness was also discussed. So, perfect. All that's uh, there. The next one is uh, talking about uh, an important person. And why they're special. I created Freddy. So, Freddy is uh, his best friend, closest friend. And um, he has worked at Chuck E. Cheese for as long as uh, he's held a job. Uh, He is also... I wrote down a place to return when things get rough. Uh, He sort of uh, grounds Kelvin and yeah uh sort of good friends since childhood and then uh i had to write down this ideal gives you strength when things are bad um and i i thought it would be interesting um to write down humanity so even though uh kelvin does um essentially receive um like godhood Um, I think his story would be more interesting if he keeps returning to, um, uh, to sort of struggle with, grapple with, but ultimately like find strength in, in the fact that, uh, he does have a connection to humanity. And then, um, this place means a lot to you. Um, And I chose the first Chuck E. Cheese in San Jose, California. And San Jose is actually where Kelvin and Freddie grew up. And uh, this is the place where they actually first met. The Chuck E. Cheese theme kind of came about uh, as I was doing research about the area. And the fact that um, the first Chuck E. Cheese was so close to um, San Francisco, uh, I... I kind of had to throw it in. I didn't have a choice. (laughs) So I started with those four cards. The next section, um, it asked me to uh, draw two cards and assign one of the following, depending on the... Um, the suit and whether or not it's uh, marked or unmarked. Meaning if it's one of the f- four cards that I already um, wrote on. So I ended up drawing Freddie's card and the card for the heart prompt is this person was responsible for you gaining your powers. Um, so we will uh, get to exactly how that happened. So that that's, That's it for the origin, and then I wrote about it. So I'm just going to read you off uh, what I wrote for that. One day in their early 20s, Kelvin and Freddie were out late after drinking. Freddie initiated a dare. Jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. Full of alcohol and without the reasonable amount of concern for his life, Kelvin obliged. Most people do not survive that fall, and if he was anyone else, he probably would not have. As soon as Kelvin hit the water, the bone-crunching, splashing sound delivered a dose of sobriety to Freddy. Panicked, he made his way down to the Golden Gate Shores. As much as he called out for his dear friend, there was no response, or even any sight of Kelvin. That was because Kelvin had sunk to the bottom of the strait. The impact had done serious damage to his body and knocked him unconscious. A death sentence to most, leading to a grave of seaweed. The bed of aquatic flora welcomed the body. As he lay motionless, the weeds wrapped around him, as if to create a drenched mummy. This process was not for preparing him for the afterlife. It was facilitating his rebirth as the incarnation of Porphyriat, an old god, forgotten at the bottom of the San Francisco Bay. As the divine energies filled his body, so did life. He burst through the seaweed, encasing his revitalized form, and found it was effortless for him to move through the water. He swam up and up, faster than humanly possible. He crested the choppy water and caught sight of Freddy, collapsed in sorrow. So there's something about this game um, and all of the comic iconography and everything that uh, when I was writing this little short story about the origin, that um, that I could really see sort of like panel by panel this uh, unfolding. Um, I think it's a really great game for knowing its genre. It's uh, really clever. Uh, so after that, uh, I also did uh, the first arc. Um, so for the first arc, um, you're assigning... Four different prompts to cards, um, and you've got two choices for each suit, which, um, which I love because depending on what you choose, you can have a drastically different um, first arc than than someone else playing. So what i what I went with was for a clubs card, I picked the climactic showdown took place here mark the card with a local landmark. So, I was looking up local landmarks of San Francisco because despite choosing this, I'm not I've never been there. I'm not super familiar with. So, um I thought that the fact that there's a Mount Olympus in um in San Francisco is just I just love it for this god character. So, uh even though it's not like super um it's not super built up. It's not super impressive to look at because it's actually, um, a spot which used to be the geographical center of San Francisco. Um, and it used to have this statue that depicted this figure of justice over top of this figure that represented like evil in the world. Um, But now, uh, there's so many buildings that have been built up since, uh, the statue was first put there, um, that even the, the views, uh, aren't as good today, but it's still, it's still pretty impressive, um, and, um, and the statue itself just broke down, so all that's left is this base, uh, it's, like, this rectangular pillar that, uh, that has nothing on top um but again i think the themes mount olympus i think it was uh, a cool place to be significant to his story so the next thing to talk about would be uh this person was your direct opposition my heart's card so i wanted to give uh, a, a super villain for uh for kelvin porphyria um to fight And um, I had the idea of Rupture, who is a supervillain with seismic control. Uh, So creates uh, earthquakes, havoc, uh, bad dude. The uh, diamond card, uh, the prompt is ignoring or rejecting this threat to bring down disaster. And because I had a villain that had to do with sort of natural, uh, natural disasters. Um, but they weren't actually natural. Uh, I came up with this, uh, this lesson of not every natural disaster is natural. Investigate, stay vigilant. So, um, so I decided that this, this first arc would be about him sort of learning to take things uh, a little more seriously and, and sort of uh, learn about the responsibility of having this power. I mean, Spider-Man, come on. Um, and then last, uh, the Spades card. So um, this became a symbol of your involvement. So... Um, I didn't want, um, I didn't want Porphyria Kelvin. I didn't want him to be emblazoned with a symbol, because um, not that I'm thinking that this is a more realistic story. I just feel like a god character wouldn't be running around with with like the spandex and and uh a big symbol on on their chest. Um so instead of a symbol like that, I decided well, um what if um what if he had a sort of uh iconic symbol in the way of a weapon like um Mjolnir for Thor, something like that. Uh so that's when I went back. <laughs> I actually took the time, I went back into Marvel superheroes I went through the manual of magic and rolled up uh some magic items for him most of them are not going to be relevant today but uh if I continue playing with uh, with Kelvin then you know they might become uh, relevant later but uh what I rolled for is a sword it's uh blade longer than twelve inches and uh, has image projection so he's got a sword uh, decided that it should look a little aquatic so its guard kind of looks like um, fish fins I thought that would be kind of funny Um, and yeah so this sword is going to be relevant so we've got Mount Olympus, Rupture the Sword of Atlantis and um, this lesson that he has to learn so Um, this next little bit, this is his first arc, which I called Aftershock. After a few weeks of discovering his new powers, a series of unexplained earthquakes hit the city. Although San Francisco is no stranger to earthquakes, it had been several years since the last one. Experts were concerned with the relatively low powered localized quakes as the area typically sees one earthquake every five to ten years or so. Freddy had shared concerns over the seismic activity, but Kelvin largely shook them off. As he saw it, he couldn't do anything about natural disasters. He was too busy learning about and honing his new powers anyway. There was more than just effortless swimming that was new. It wasn't long ago that he felt beholden to the transit schedule. Now he could harness the sounds around him and turn the sonic energy into flight. As Kevin tested his newly heightened limits, the earthquakes continued, and so did the investigations of the quakes. Freddy's intuition warned him that something wasn't right, and he discovered something strange. After damage from the quakes was assessed, the victims discovered that valuables weren't just destroyed, they were missing. Freddy decided to bring this up when he grabbed a drink with his friend later that night. In the middle of discussing it, the ground began to tremble. Their favorite bar became the next target. Before the pair could take cover, a piece of the ceiling broke off and fell toward them. Without a thought, Kelvin stretched out a hand. As the debris touched him, it formed a protective barrier around the both of them. As stunned as they were by this miracle, Kelvin was quickly coming to terms with the realization that these disasters were not going to go away without direct intervention. Bolstered by a confidence that manifested alongside a new power, Kelvin emerged from his makeshift shelter. He surveyed the scene and found his target, the only figure moving amongst the rubble. A man identifies himself as Rupture there's no time wasted with a mix of some precision striking and transforming what was around him into weapons kelvin attempted to overwhelm rupture unfortunately rupture was not easy to pin down and through the manipulation of the earth he escaped through a tunnel disappointed with his first villain showdown kelvin went to the place where he liked to go to clear his head mount olympus While much less impressive than its namesake, the Californian landmark had a great view and he always felt grounded there. He looked up into the sky and, exasperated, asked for a sign of what to do. With his head back, pointed at the sky, he noticed one of the bricks in the long-lost statue's pedestal was glowing. Kelvin walked over to touch it, but his hand passed right through. He felt something to grab a hold of, and he pulled. It was the hilt of a beautiful sword, and he instinctively knew it was meant to combat the evils of the world. This discovery came not a moment too soon. Rupture regrouped and came back specifically to catch Kelvin unaware and take him down. Armed with a new weapon, he met that challenge head-on. Blow by blow, the battle ensued. When Rupture realized he was still outmatched, he attempted to retreat as he did before. Kelvin's desire to be in two places at once to stop Rupture from escaping revealed a power of the sword. Image projection. An illusory double of Kelvin appeared in front of Rupture, making him falter long enough for Kelvin to defeat him and make him submit. So, something that I like about these solo games like C Issue X is that you can do as much or as little as you like with them. So, I took the time to uh, actually write this all up. But if you if you wanted to if you weren't particularly interested in a specific story, um, you could just write point form notes if that's what you want to do. Maybe turn it into uh, an actual comic. Like you can do whatever you want with it. It's it's this style of game is just pure creativity, um, and that that's what I think is so great about it. Um, both of these games have a really good sort of like prompt to springboard off of with your own ideas. Um, I mean, I wasn't given the, the theming uh, of of this character. I was just given the power set and then I sort of had to pull that together. Right. And, and same as um, these prompt, prompt questions for these cards. Like, um you know, I happened to pick, uh, certain suits or whatever, uh, and, and I was given just some questions to answer. But there, there's no rules about what I can or can't say. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I, it's it's totally up up to me. But at the same time, it's not like artists might talk about uh, the fear of a blank canvas. Um, I, it's not a completely blank canvas. Uh, uh, I've got some, some guard rails, uh, to keep me in line. Uh, and, um, yeah, now I, now I end up with this character that, uh, I feel like I know pretty well what what he's about. And the next time I am in a superhero game, um, you know, maybe I can bring this character into that, um, which I hope I get a chance to at one point, um, and if not, maybe I'll just uh, play some more CU X by myself and, uh, and fill out uh, more of his story and, and see what other kind of adventures he can get up to. I hope whoever's listening to this, uh, you, whoever you are, you enjoyed my self-indulgent uh, exploration into the, the solo gaming thing. Um, I hope people are looking forward to maybe me doing another one uh, with a different game um but i i also hope that this sort of uh inspires people to explore uh solo gaming for themselves uh that that's the real point here because um i know i know in a lot of people's lives it can be hard to um to carve that time out where your whole gaming group can get together and sit down and play a game but um and that might leave you sort of, uh, you know, missing an outlet for, for that creativity. Uh, and, and this is a way to, to get, uh, to get some of that out. This was my first time actually playing a, a solo journaling game. I've, uh, collected some and read through some, uh, and I, I've, I already had, uh, an appreciation for them. But, um but actually playing it. Um, I'm, I'm really into, in, into doing more of this. So, um, yeah, I, I really hope you, you do give this a try if you're, if you're listening and, um, I'll be back next month uh, at some point with, uh, another episode. So thanks for listening and, uh, yeah, look forward to whatever I'm doing next. Before you go, I'd like to thank James Roach for the awesome job on the podcast themes. You can check out what he's up to by following him on Twitter at haemzatron. You can follow RPG Blueprints at rpgbp on Twitter. I'd also like to thank you for listening. And remember the words of the author Joseph Chilton Pierce. To live a creative life, we must lose our fear of being wrong.